Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and Pat O is not here. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, I am by myself. Um, this is a first, uh, and it feels very strange. Um, but as you guys know, Pat O, or as he prefers, Dr. X, um, he had his open heart surgery this past Friday. Um, but he's doing good. He's he's alive. He made it. Um, you know, just some, uh, some after-surgery things going on, but... Uh, you know, he's, like I said, he's alive, and that's what matters. I don't know when he's going to come back quite yet. Um, we haven't really decided, so thank you all for, for your patience. And, um, you know, you guys just kind of being nice, and, and with your all your nice, kind words to, to Mr. Pat, he's, I'm sure, seen them, um, you know, but he's still uh, in la-la land with all of the fun drugs that, that you tend to get whenever you have these types of surgeries. Um, so before I get into, you know, any portion of it, I do have a message from Pat. I will play it here. Um, Pat actually called in to the hotline number and uh, left a message and, and you can do the same and we can also play your message on here. So uh, call us at 773-59-WEIRD um, to either give Pat some of your well wishes or just to share some of your, maybe you've had a paranormal experience. Maybe you've seen a UFO. Maybe you saw Bigfoot. I don't know. Whatever you guys want to share. Maybe you hate the show and you want to tell us about it call us um you know tell us your opinion uh if we ask your guys's opinion on certain show topics call in and and share it with us do you have a theory that we overlooked um or something more to add to one of the previous episodes just uh yeah again seven seven three five nine weird anyway um on to the message from pat here you go guys yo what's up i just had my catheter removed and it was like reverse sounding it was not pleasant, but, uh, you know, it's a step in the right direction. So can't wait to come back to the show and talk to you all next Wednesday. Well, there you go, guys, from uh, Pato himself. Uh, removing your catheter is like reverse sounding. Um <laughs> I've had a I've had a catheter before and uh and, and I've I've had it removed, but you know, to be quite honest with you, I, I guess I don't really remember it. Um, you know, so I don't you know, still, even still, um, Pat I asked him earlier if he recommends sounding after that experience and uh I, I don't I don't think he does. But then again, I don't think he really understood the question. So um, but he sounded pretty good. I actually, you know, aside from that message um, that he left, I was able to talk to him a little bit. And, you know, he sounded he sounded really solid. Sounds like he's doing great. I can't wait to have you back on the show. <laughs> I hate this. I know you guys like to hear me talk, but, you know, to be quite honest with you, I'm not really good at this by myself. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll let you guys be the judge of that. Um, anyway, so, yeah, let me go ahead and get into the news for the week. Um, I don't have anything big, uh, except I do have, uh, Small Town Monsters released their episode, or I'm sorry, their new documentary on the trail of the Lake Michigan Mothman. Um, so if you guys are following me for all the Mothman stuff, definitely, definitely go check this out. Um, it's, it actually just came, came out today on the day that I'm recording it. This is, uh, 12-7. So I'm going to, when I'm done here, I'm going to wrap up and, uh, go watch it. But, yeah, they, they did. They released it, and I'm excited to check it out. Of course, it show it features our buddies uh, Emily and Tobias Whalen from Singular Fortean Society, which you guys know. Well, first of all, if you're not if you're following Mothman research, you already know who this is because you know I, I tell everybody that's my that's my Lake Michigan Mothman guy. 
Um, but, you know, if you listen to the show, you know, we've had Tobias on before to talk about it. Uh, he's authored a couple of books now. Definitely check it out, at least for that much. Um, you know, so again, get on there, check out On the Trail of the Lake Michigan Mothman by Small Town Monsters and all of the other Small Town Monsters stuff. Um, if, if you're not privy to that world yet, um, they do great stuff and, and they're all really great people. Seth Breedlove's an awesome dude. Um, and they, they make all kinds of documentaries on all these, uh, high, you know, high strangeness and, and Fortean, uh, topics. So definitely check them out. But that was really all I had this week for the news. This week's topic is going to be extremely different. Um, you know, we've covered other true crime topics on the show before. As you guys know, true crime is another, you know, uh, subject that I'm really interested in. Um, you know, and I, I follow all these cases and things like that. Um, I have a friend whom I've known for a, cu- a couple of years now. Uh, we've known each other. And she is a very interesting character. First of all, she makes the coolest fucking cakes that you've ever seen in your entire life. I promise. Um, you know, she's been trying to get on baking shows and things like that. And it's well deserved. She's been on one before. Um, but, she, you know, she's an all around interesting character. Um, and I met her because she had, which, you know, I tell the story a little bit more in the interview that I'm getting ready to play for you guys, but, uh, she had shared this cake that she had made that was Ed Gein inspired and she had shared it to a serial killer group. And then I, you know, I found out she's a cake maker. She's local. I needed someone to make me a cake. So I was all over this shit, but it was more than that. Um, the cake that she made she made it for somebody who she did later find out is is a killer um now this person and i'm gonna get in a little bit more detail he is not a serial killer by criminology standard however um, because he was only convicted of one murder however it's believed that he's definitely got ties to more than one and you know even with the one murder there's definitely proof that this was methodical that this was this was thought out and, and things like that. So um, anyway, so she made this cake for this killer and, you know, because they were dating and uh, she dated him for a little bit. And I thought it would be really interesting to have her come on the show and share her experience from her side of it. Because, you know, to be honest with you, this is something that she still struggles with. Um, it's something that she hasn't really got to put down all the way. It's something that she's still working through actively. So, you know, big, big trigger warnings. If you didn't see them before, you know, this episode does get into some really interesting detail and um, it is completely up to her to how she handles the trauma and how she wants to do it going forward, how she wants to conduct herself. But, you know, I wanted to give her a space to share her story from the side of somebody who she most like, I mean, I guess, you know, I don't want to put it lightly, but, you know, to be quite honest with you, she was most likely on his target list. Um, she fits the demographic to a T for the type of person that he was going after. Um, and she really honestly got very, very lucky that she did not become a victim to this person. But, you know, she became a big part, you know, involved in the investigation uh, with the murder that he was convicted with. And she spent a lot of time with detectives on the case. Um, you know, she was asked to, you know, testify against him for it to go to trial. It didn't. The guy's a puss, and he he pled guilty and took the plea deal. Um, but, you know, this is something that she has to carry with her. And, and it's something that she definitely does carry with her a lot. Um, and it doesn't always show. I mean, she's amazing for that. 
um, and I know that she would probably disagree, but it, you know, she doesn't, it doesn't always show. And I want, like I said, wanted to give her a platform, a place to kind of get her story out there and share it with people. So that way, you know, it could be therapeutic for her and that way it could possibly help somebody in the future. If you find yourself dating a possible serial killer or the, maybe even the aftermaths, because, you know, it's okay if you go through these t- types of situations and you're not necessarily okay. Um, you know, and, and if that takes time, that's okay. So anyway, um, but getting on to the actual subject matter, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a pre-story here. Um, I'm going to kind of explain the subject and what we're discussing, and then we'll get into the interview and her side of things and, you know, her story and her experiences with it. So without further ado, this is the story of Michael Strauss. So Michael Strauss is, you know what, I'm not going to give him the glory of going into the detail of exactly who he was or anything like that. None of that really matters. Um, You know, Michael Strauss was a very troubled person. And and we know this now. um, And and we kind of just found out about it after he had taken the plea deal um, over over the the murder case once those court documents were released. Um, I'll kind of explain the timeline of events as best as I can. Michael, um, which actually, as a matter of fact, and Sam corrects it in the interview, uh, Michael did go by Micah, which was very strange, but fuck him. It's Michael. Um, Michael became obsessed with a girl named Ellen Wyke. Um, and she goes by Ellie. And so therefore we will continue to call her by Ellie. Um, so he ended up becoming obsessed with this girl to the point of, I mean, he was stalking her for, for months on end. Um, this went on for a while to the point to where he, uh, Michael ended up one night he stood outside of her window and, you know, watched her through the window and he took video of it. And in the video, he was also masturbating to this. And, um, not only did he take video of this, but he also took said video and, and sent it to Ellie. Um, so, you know, that freaked her out. Um, the constant messages and, you know, points of contact and things like that. Ellie did go to the police and she did try to file a report against him. Nothing's really done in these situations. Um, you know, I know as a domestic abuse survivor, and a lot of you know that nothing ever really gets done until until it's too late. Um, Ellie went missing July 29th in 2018. Her body was later found, and, um, you know, it was found basically skeletal at the point that they found it uh, with a plastic bag over her head. The, but the remains were so decomposed, they couldn't even really determine a cause of death. They could only identify her with dental records. Um, but they were able to connect this back to Michael Strauss, and in the investigation, they had found some other very troubling things. Um, they had later found out that Michael had been texting Ellie through, like, uh, you know, one of those texting apps, um, posing as her friend Nathan. And uh, I don't know, I'm not entirely sure if Nathan was somebody she knew in her real life or, or not. Um, but like, I know one of the things that they, that they determined was that, um, the night that Ellie had disappeared, she had texted Nathan, quote unquote, Nathan, which was Michael and, you know, said that she was alone and things like that. Um, and you know, now we know what happened. Um, but again, a lot of, a lot of this is very much within the anecdotal evidence, I suppose. 
Um, so they arrest Michael, and you know he had admitted that he he did kill Ellie. Um, he said that he accidentally strangled her to death while they were having sex in in the basement that Sam will tell you guys all about. Um, and you know, but he also allegedly told another inmate a kind of similar story that he told the police. Um, so he told the police and the inmate um, that he. Um, killed Ellie in the basement while he was filming a torture porn video that he was selling to somebody in LA um, and that he frequently made these torture porn videos and they sold for about $5,000 to $10,000. Now, nothing has really further been done with this information, which I find extremely troubling. Um, but you know, that's why when talking with Sam and as you guys will hear, we kind of get into more people and kind of how, you know, it wasn't just murder. This guy seemed to be kind of a serial, a serial rapist. Um, and you know, he was filming these things and, and sending them off. Now he did tell the police that he filmed this. Um, he filmed her death, but he said that he did not do anything with it. He alleges that he, he deleted it. Now we later found Google searches on his computer, of, uh, you know, how to delete video and pictures and things like that from iPhone. And so we're, I, I'm, I'm assuming, <laughs> not sponsored, I'm assuming he filmed it with his iPhone. Um, but, you know, just a very strange person. Now, other things were also found that were extremely strange. Um, he They found in his Google search history all kinds of troubling stuff. Uh, he was looking at Ellie Street on Google Maps. With also looking at nearby businesses to her home. Um, he was, you know, constantly stalking her social media pages. That's not surprising, again, considering he was a stalker. Um, he was Googling things like rape section, forced rape while jogging, sleep assault, forced teen rape, uh, woman attacked in, o- in Mason, Ohio, jogging, the Cincinnati Strangler, um, lots of weird, weird, troubling things. Now, there was a video that emerged of a guy who they believe is his. I, I don't, I'm not sure if they found it on his computer or if they just knew about it online. Um, but they do believe that it was Michael's video um, of a guy in a car stalking female joggers, which kind of seemed to be his thing. I mean, he was Googling the stuff, so why wouldn't it be? Um, there was also an attack in the area, well, in Mason, Ohio, which isn't far from where he was. Um, I believe the situation with Ellie took place in, in Liberty Township, Ohio. Um, these are all really connected places. Um, anyway, there was an incident in January of 2018 where a female jogger was attacked and, um, you know, but she, she ended up getting away. And so they, they believe that this was most likely Michael doing this and that, you know, he's the one that, that attacked this woman. Also, um, there is another case that is still unsolved. Uh, I believe it was actually featured on an episode of Cold Case Files or or one of those like cold case shows out there. Um, but that's the case of Caitlin Markham. And Caitlin went missing and then her remains were later found um, in a very eerily similar fashion to to uh, Ellie with the with the bag over the head. And her remains were dumped in Indiana, but that's not far from where where this all took place at. Um, and as mentioned, you know, prior in speaking with Sam, this guy was kind of nomadic. Um, so, you know, for him traveling, it wasn't a big deal. As a matter of fact, some of his Google searches implied that he might have killed people in other states because he had things like the New York Strangler and stuff like that. Um, anyway, 
So Caitlin Markham, I mean, then this happened years and years ago, but Caitlin, the only they think they believe that Michael's most likely the one who killed her. And it's not just because the bodies were found in a similar fashion. It's also because pictures have have emerged of um, pictures of, of Michael Strauss with Caitlin's then fiance. Now, I'm not saying that the fiance had anything to do with it. I'm just saying that within their obviously Michael was somehow involved within their friend group. They don't claim to have known each other personally, um, the fiance and Michael, but you know, there's definitely some weird connection there. I mean, you know, yes, it's a small world, but how small is it? Um, also, there was another inmate that said that Michael had confessed to him that um, he had killed another girl named Shelly and dumped her body along an unnamed creek somewhere, and nothing's ever really come of that either. Um, so what happens in these cases, uh, okay, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll slow down for a second. I'll get to that point in a minute. Uh, Michael eventually took a plea deal in the in the murder of Ellie Wyke. Um, he was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison. What that means is that he has to serve a minimum 15 year sentence, and then after that point, he can become eligible for parole, and then he can he can get out. So currently, um, he is eligible for parole after only 17 and a half years. So when you think about somebody like Sam who looking at her pictures and comparing to how she looks compared to Ellie and then Caitlin they she really fits that demographic for him uh, serial killers typically tend to kill the similar people and you know she she fits it she fits that profile so she definitely is still working through some things. I mean, this is a very, very hard thing. I mean, she's very bubbly. She's a very, very nice person to talk to. She's very funny. This interview is funny. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be doom and gloom. It's not. I, I mean, it's actually pretty lighthearted um, and entertaining. But this is a very real thing for her. And I just want to continue to reiterate that to you guys um, that this is important. She's never done anything like this. She's never come on a show and talked about it. She does talk about it openly on her social media and things like that. Um, but this is different. So um, be very fucking nice or I will Michael Strauss you. Um, I wouldn't do that. That's terrible. Anyway, um, so yeah, so that's kind of some background about what we're talking about so you guys aren't confused about the situation. Um, this is more, this episode is, again, more about Sam and kind of dealing with the aftermath of it and being somebody that, that you know, again, dated a serial killer, um, which, you know, was pretty wild. Um, and I do have this video of Michael cutting his Ed Gein cake that actually bleeds, and it's very fucking surreal. She had just posted that recently and it really kind of gave me the idea to ask if she wanted the platform to do this on, um, which of course I've, I've since shared this video on social media with you guys. Um, go look at it after you listen to the episode, knowing what you know, go look at it. So anyway, there's that. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and leave you to it. Uh, before I get to the interview though, I do want to play a short message um, speaking of on the trail of the Lake Michigan Mothman, our buddy Tobias Whalen left Pat a really wonderful message, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and play it now and then send you guys off into the interview. Hey, Pat, Tobias here. I hope this message reaches you. I just wanted to say that I'm happy to hear your surgery went well, and I wish you a speedy recovery. 
Here's to better days ahead. So this week is going to be a little bit different because usually I, you know, when we do the show and we have a guest on, um, you know, we usually kind of have people kind of go through the introduction and stuff with us. And, um, you know, as, as you guys know, that are, that are listening to this, um, you know, this is, this person's being introduced right in the middle and that's fine. Um, you've been, you know, forewarned, forewarned probably like 10 seconds ago when I was like, I'm going to play the interview now. Um, but, um, today I'm, I have my friend Sam with me, Sam, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. <laughs> so, can be. yeah, well, yeah, I mean, 2021, right? I mean, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you know, so I, Sam's really interesting, a really interesting character in my life. Um, you know, I met her because I was in a, um, <laughs> I was in a serial killer group. It's not like a fan group. It's just like, oh, serial killers on like Facebook or whatever. And uh, Sam had posted this picture of um, a cake that she had made. And um, you guys have probably already seen the picture because I'm going to share it when I share out this episode. But um, it is an Ed Gein inspired cake. Um, and I mean, it's 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 pretty freaking dope. But, <laughs> you know, the thing about it is that um, it's had a very interesting story behind it. So Sam shares her cake and she, you know, mentions that, well, I made this cake. I make cakes. I'm a cake maker. And I made this uh, serial killer cake for a literal serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time um, in my, in my life and just where I was um, actually, I, so I have, a, I have a child. I'm whether you know, I have a child. And um, I did not, uh, my cake maker had just retired and cakes were like a, they're like a big thing. That's like part of my gift for people for their birthdays, a really neat cake. And mine had just retired and I had noticed that Sam was local. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, I mean, that's a crazy story, but like, I need to add you because like, I need a cake maker and you're great. And she's like, oh yeah, totally. And so, you know, and that, I mean, and, and here we are. And so during, during that time, um, actually it seemed like your, your situation had kind of just begun really. I mean, you obviously knew the guy was a killer then, but the trial and stuff like that had, because I remember following you and stuff during, you know, you talking to detectives and, and the trial and all that. Um, so why don't you go ahead and, you know, now, now that I've given that, that part of the story, um, Sam, why don't you go ahead and, and explain how, how you met Michael Strauss and, and where this all started. All right. So, um, this was back in what, 2017, um, in March, um, my sister messaged me and was like, Hey, we should go to the horror hound convention. I'd never heard of this shit. I'm agoraphobic. I stay inside. I never go out. So I was like, well, what is this? And she said, basically, the whole cast of Bates Motel would be there. I'm like, sweet. I get to meet everybody. What? So I go. And when I get in crowds of people, I get really, really nervous. And I just start drinking. Okay. <laughs> so I was like double fisting like Jack and Cokes all night or all day, I should say. And my sister got really annoyed with me because I was so drunk. And she's just like, I swear she opened like a freaking wall at Sharonville Convention Center and was like, go find a seat or a row that has seven seats where we can all sit. And I was like, okay. And all these people turned and looked at me. Apparently it was a press conference for the actors from Saul. So I walk in and I'm looking down every row. There's not seven seats. And the first row that has seven seats, there's this poor guy, which was Michael, sitting in the eighth seat looking at me like, please don't sit next to me. Okay. (laughs) 
I ended up going down there and I was like, sorry, I have to sit here, blah, blah, blah. And I was so drunk, I kept dropping all my stuff. And he kept saying, like, dude, you should keep dropping all your shit. I'm like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And we ended up getting talking. And you know how you get the feeling you have, like, butterflies in your stomach? Someone gives you butterflies. Oh, yeah. It was like that, but it was in your brain. It was the weirdest feeling I've ever had in my life. It was almost like we worked on the same wavelength. And we were, like, finishing each other's sentences. I didn't really pick up on anything weird at all. I didn't even find him attractive at first. Um, I just think personality makes people attractive. So yeah, sometimes you kind of grow um, to like someone. Yeah. So I um, told him I would give him my number and he, since I was drunk, this wasn't a red flag, but he was like, well, my phone doesn't really work. I just have it on Wi-Fi and I use it for social media. And I was like, fine. So I gave him my Instagram, which was, you know, the ginger cakes 19. And a couple of days later, he added me on there and just started talking to me about my cakes and how he wanted me to make him like the creepiest cake ever. And I was like, bet I'm going to make the creepiest thing you've ever fucking seen. When you cut into it, it bled. Like I went all out for this thing. So I was like, oh, I'm making a cake for a boy. Haha, <laughs> That's what I do. So I made this cake for this boy. And... I um, take it to his house, and so this is where it gets kind of weird. No, well, so this was this when you made this cake for this guy. Was this the first time you had ever hung out with him after you had initially met him? Yep. Okay. All right. Go ahead and continue. Yep. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to make this cake, and it took me so long to finish it because I was hand putting in each individual stitch. Um, that I didn't actually end up driving out there until like 1130 at night. And it was from the West side all the way out to like Monroe. So it was like an hour drive at night. And I was like, everybody's like, you better give me his address just in case something happens. And I, you know, I gave it to people cause I'm not completely stupid, but you know, stupid enough to go take a cake to a guy at night alone. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I took him this cake and um, his brother and his brother's girlfriend were there awake um and we said hi to him or whatever and he's like so he was like overly nice and he was just like can I make you a drink and I'm like well yeah because I was so nervous about just being somewhere I'm not used to being and um so he went to make me like Jack and Coke or something and they ran out so then he mixed like vodka into it I mean it was like six different really disgusting things that should probably not be mixed together so it tasted really weird to begin with and then we we cut the cake took the video of it cutting the cake um it didn't really bleed I was super disappointed and his brother and his girlfriend went to bed and he was like everybody's in in bed so we should probably just head downstairs to hang out and we started going down the stairs and he had all of his creepy artwork hanging down the stairs there was like this red light um instead of a normal light on the landing and the quarter and I just immediately stopped because it felt like something was telling me like do not fucking go down there and he just kind of looked at me funny and was like what why aren't you coming and I was like "Uh, I don't know like something was really telling me like don't freaking go down there well I did anyway like an idiot and um it was like an unfinished basement but he had like all these tapestries hanging everywhere and he had like a queen size inflatable mattress laying down there um because I guess that's where he stayed while he was supposedly in town um and um we literally stayed up all night just talking about creepy shit and watching random horror movies and 
I remember thinking I was really, really dumb um, for like making a cake for this guy because he was sitting all the way across the room for me in like a computer chair that was broken. And I was like sitting on a love seat by myself and he wouldn't come near me at all. And um, is it okay if I start going into like TMI and really weird shit? Oh yeah, you can, I mean, you can say, yeah, anything that you, that you want. There's no uh, censorship here. So, so he, um, yeah, he was just sitting across the room for me the whole time and I had to pee really bad and I'd only drank like a little bit of my drink because it tasted so weird. And I went upstairs and I remember it was like at the end of my period. So I like took my tampon out and I was like, oh, okay. I don't need to put another one in. I'm fine. And that's relevant because I was just like super like dry, not to be gross, but like, sure. <laughs> like, it, yeah. And it was not good. I was not expecting anything to fucking happen. Okay. So <clears throat> I go back downstairs and he's very persistent. He's just like, you didn't finish your drink. And I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. He's he's like giggling, like really weird. Almost being too friendly. He's just like, you need to catch up, blah, blah, blah. I took one sip of this drink and immediately it felt like I swallowed, I don't know how many rocks or like battery acid or something. My stomach just sank. And I was like, Oh yeah, something's wrong with that. I'm not going to drink that. So I didn't drink it. And we get to talking and I bring up uh, a creepy story about how my daughter was talking about Caitlin Markham when Caitlin Markham was missing and she had never known who she was and he perked up and he walked across the room and sat right next to me on the love seat with our legs touching and he was pretending like he knew less than he really did you could tell that he was just kind of like making a face like he I don't know how to explain it he got really excited like he wanted to hear the details of what people were saying and he was just like well who do you think did it blah 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 it was just being real fucking weird. And then, he, like, in between, he kept saying, like, oh, yeah, well, you didn't finish your drink, blah, blah, blah. Well, he was just kind of, like, smiling every time we would talk about the Kate Markham case. I was just like, that's a little weird. I didn't think much of it, though. And um, it got to be, like, 5 a.m., and it was way too late. I was so tired. Um, from not sleeping very much trying to stay up and do that cake um, and I was just like can I crash here is that okay and he's like yeah I don't mind he's like you can stay down here and, and sleep in this bed or whatever I'll go upstairs I was like please don't leave me down here by myself right in your creepy basement <laughs> creepy ass basement I was like what am I gonna do I'm gonna walk upstairs and be some random girl like the next morning when it's right. mom wakes up like so and he laughed at me and he was like, all right, fine. I'll stay down here too. And he gave me a blanket and he gave me, you know, whatever side of the bed and some pillows. And I laid down and he was like, no, come here and lay on me. And I was like, okay. And then me being, you know, I hadn't been with anybody since me and my fiance broke up in five years. And I was just like, oh, he was just talking to me. That's kind of cute. <laughs> my yeah. dumbass. So I went over and I kind of like laid on him. And he just, like, grabbed my face and started kissing me. And I, like, kind of pulled away. I was like, oh. And he laughed. And he, like, giggled. And he's like, you're cute. And he did it again. And I pulled away again. And he fucking grabbed his hand and, like, shoved it, like, up my skirt. And I was like, just got off my period. And I was just like, oh, that shit hurt. And immediately it was just, like, climbing on top of me, like, 
I was like, it was pretty clear by this point that he was going to get whatever he wanted. So I was like, just fucking froze. I was like, oh, what do I, what do I do? Do I just got to go with it? Because I've already pulled away three times. And I just kind of sat there for a second because I was like, is this really fucking happening? And everybody fucking told me, like, I told you so, don't go, blah, blah, blah. And that's like in the back of my head. And I'm just like, every time that I kind of like struggled or pulled away he would enjoy it more and I noticed that really early on so I just fucking froze and he, I mean I I'm guessing that's considered rape like I don't really know what to make of it because I just kind of like froze and sat there like uh, what do you well, do uh, yeah <laughs> it, it is um and <laughs> understand the, con- the confusion and I think that a lot of you know just I mean, just sidebar, just as a women's issue in general, I think that we've all kind of been in that situation as fucked up as it is. And and I think that, you know, kind of as the new generations are coming up, we're all going, wait a minute, that shit's not okay. Um, so, so yes, I mean, if, if you, I think that if you don't explicitly give consent, then, then yeah, I think that's considered rape. Yeah. So, I mean, and I just... I noticed that the more I struggled, the more he enjoyed it. So I just kind of like stopped struggling right. and um, it got to where he was just like flipping me over and just, if he got too into hurting me, like holding me down to the point where I was almost suffocating in the pillow and all these things, like he like really enjoyed it. Like it was not, <laughs> it was not, it was, it was a bar above BDSM, I should say. And um really awkward I mean it kind of went on for like 20 minutes and just kind of let it whatever and it kind of ended and I was just kind of like oh okay well I guess I can go to sleep now (laughs) I guess I don't know this is really weird and then I went to sleep and the next morning I didn't want it to be awkward and I didn't want to be in that state of mind where I wanted to be the victim and have to like think about that because I knew when I would go to work on Monday everybody would be like oh so what happened when you went over there yeah and so I was just like all right well let's not make this awkward so I ended up having sex with him again and that one was a little bit more consensual but once again if he got too into hurting me he would just kind of like stop like it was I don't even know um he kept saying he had these migraines like if he over enjoyed like hurting me he would stop I don't understand what it was but um I ended up doing the walk of shame past the family while everybody was eating tacos Wonderful. <laughs> like, like Sunday yeah and um I was kind of joking about it with my friends like oh yeah haha I have this eyeliner that doesn't come off and he totally fucked my eyeliner off and just kind of made it like a light-hearted joke and I sure think anything of it and then like um a couple weeks later he maybe not even maybe like a week later he ended up coming over to my house and I had just moved into this apartment and I had like nothing because I threw everything away from my old one and, and like I didn't have a bed yet so we like he he was awesome at the time he was very good at hiding how terrible he was like well you said he was very friendly and nice I mean yeah but I'm like super empath like possibly a healer and I can like tell yeah when people are faking it and I couldn't tell that he was faking it that's the creepy part to me is that I can tell anybody's vibes and he hit it so well 
and um well he came over and we stayed up all night we i cooked fancy for him we dressed up fancy and i cooked fancy for him and we watched creepy movies and drank a jug of wine and built a pillow fort and then he fucked me in the pillow fort. You tell me that's not like the perfect date night. That actually sounds pretty <laughs> great. Yeah. I mean, it sucks it was... that this guy's a serial killer, but. Like... <laughs> right. So it was like the perfect date night. And it's just kind of like, oh, but when you look back on it, like, um, I don't know, like, um, he came over to my house, I think maybe two or three times. And I was just like, all right, if something's off about this guy give me a sign and his car fucking broke and he quit coming over well the last time that i saw him he had two job interviews the next morning um and he was like can i take a shower and i was like yeah you can take a shower i don't fucking care so he went and took a shower and i should say every single time he came over my cat tried to attack him like every single time he looked at him he was just like you and he attacked him like every single time and the last time he was there he stopped attacking him because he finally figured out he couldn't hurt him but um yeah he like um kind of like climbed on top of me again the last time he was over and he started choking me when he was on top and it wasn't like i guess your normal oh i'm choking blah 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 i started realizing like i really couldn't breathe and I said something to him. I was just kind of like, dude, I can't breathe. And he fucking smiled. And he started doing it harder. And he leaned in closer, like, to watch my eyes. And I was like, uh. And I realized the more I struggled, the more, the harder he did it. And the more I couldn't breathe. And I was like, mm. <laughs> That's, yeah. But when he leaned in, I noticed that his eyes were fucking turning black. And I have never heard of that or seen that ever in my life until I watched a fucking documentary on Ted Bundy like a couple years ago and the only girl that got away said his eyes were turning black yeah and I was like holy shit so like the more that I couldn't breathe the more excited he got it was like his eyes started turning black so I stopped struggling and I just fucking laid there and I smiled at him I still remember that I fucking smiled at him so that he would stop and it worked and he did and he ended up just getting off of me because it just I guess it didn't do anything for him anymore I don't know but he stopped and he got off of me and he went and got a shower and went to his job interviews and I remember him texting me and telling me that I must have been good luck because he got hired at both jobs oh. yeah and I didn't really think anything of it until um later on uh, my sister and my friend text me and said yo was this that guy what a year later and it said that he'd been arrested for possibly murdering ellie week and i was just kind of like um there's no way he did that and my sister said the same thing she was like like i walked in on my sister and her husband telling my mom how awesome this guy was like they didn't think anything was wrong with him that's like how good he was at hiding it and um we were just kind of like there's no way he did that and then it turns out, like, all these people that I knew were kind of, like, talking through the grapevine, all talking to detectives. And everybody got with me and were like, hey, we think you should go talk to the detective. Because you got in his brain more than anybody. You've listened to him talk, like, a lot. <laughs> he probably slipped up and said some stuff. And um, the thing is that kills me is that he actually almost started like stalking me 
right before he started stalking Ellie. Um, he popped back up on my social media, started liking random posts and pictures, even though we weren't friends on social media. And then he messaged me and said, hey, we should go to lunch sometime. And at this time, I um, was with my ex. And or I just started talking to my ex. And I kind of like agreed with him and was like, yeah, maybe we can go to lunch, blah, 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 it's fine. But since I was started talking to Wes, I was like, no, I think I'm just going to kind of not go. And he oh. told me he was going to be at Horror Hound. Okay. Um, so we went there and we didn't see him, luckily. But what were you going to say? Well, so I just, um, we'll, we'll backtrack just a little bit. So, you know, this last incident that, that you had with him, I mean, did you stop talking to him because of what had happened? Or was it just you guys just kind of fell off with each other? I mean, so I'm glad you asked. Okay, so he told me that, oh, I got two jobs and I'm just busy all the time now, blah, blah, blah. When really oh. his car broke and he, since I was too far away of a target, he went for somebody closer. Okay, I see. And he started, yeah, so he started seeing this other girl that I actually became friends with. I love her to death. Um, she had no idea about me. And I ended up messaging her after all of this came out and was like, hey, are you okay? Are you good? Like, Because <laughs> I know this is what happened to me and you were the girl after. So I'm sure it was worse with you. And Oh my goodness. So was he with anybody? Because, because uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'll, you know what? I'll wait. I'll wait on that question. Um, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, you said you guys went to Horror Hound. He wasn't there. Um, yeah, so he, he wasn't there. But I, I totally would have gone out on like a lunch date with him if I hadn't met Wes so Wes pretty much saved my life because this guy literally started like stalking my social media and everything and then asked me to go back out and it was almost like he was coming back to finish the job that's what right. it felt like mm. and um I didn't luckily but um when I went to talk to detectives I like went there like trying to remember everything he ever told me like he always said he wanted to work in a morgue because he liked playing with dead bodies and all this just really random weird shit that he used to say and I walked in there and the detective was like super sweet but the, every time I started talking he would back me up and go wait, wait wait so I'm sorry I'm just trying to get this right can you back up and tell me he did what to you he did what blah 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 he made you a drink blah 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 and he was taking notes and it got to the point where it got really uncomfortable talking to him because I realized um, he didn't want to know anything that Micah said to me. He just wanted to know what he did to me. And I was like, oh, that's what this is. And I didn't really realize how rapey it was until he kept backing me up and making me repeat it. I mean, he made me repeat it probably like six or seven times. And I was just kind of like, oh, <laughs> this is really uncomfortable and awkward. Why do you want to know this? And he goes, honestly, I'm just going to tell you right now. He's like, we are trying to slap any little um, charge on him that we can find that way, because we want to make sure he doesn't do this to anybody else. And he got like kind of mean about it. He was like, we don't want to make sure he doesn't do this to anybody else. Wow. We want to slap any charge we can on him so that he goes away for life. And I remember them asking me like, really random things like they pop in and be like oh well did he ever mention Ava and I was like no and he jotted some notes down and so I got to talking to other friends um and like leaving 
leaving the station was really weird because I was supposed to go to work after that. And, you know, I kind of went in there joking with my boss, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go tell him everything he ever said to me. And didn't expect to tell him everything he did to me. And I walk into work and my boss just goes, hey, did you break the case wide open? And I almost started crying. I was just like, dude, no, this is so awkward. So later on, I got to talking to some friends and apparently he had like a complete mental and moral breakdown around the time he started stalking me. And when I didn't see him, he started stalking Ellie. So he went straight to Ellie right after me. And um, I don't know, that's just fucking weird. But uh, yeah, so apparently they were investigating him for like two missing girls out in California. I don't know if they ever found them. They didn't tell me their names. Um, wow. So and I mean, right now other ones, he was only yeah. convicted of the one, is of one murder, isn't that correct? Right. Yeah. And, so okay. they basically just—it's probably the only thing they could get him on because they couldn't find enough evidence linking him to everybody else. Okay. Okay. And how many people do you think that there might? I mean, just from your perspective of it, being somebody that has talked to the detectives, I mean, how many in total do you think there might actually be? Honestly, at least five. Wow. I mean, of course, he's the only one that knows the answer to that. But, you know, I, for, for speculation's sake, um, that's, no, that's pretty wild. Well, and it sounds like he was he was kind of a nomad. I mean, it sounds like he kind of had that kind of lifestyle. Um, yeah. you, know, you mentioned that, you know, he stayed in this basement while he was in town. So apparently he was, he's been, you know, gone and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, he definitely sounds like that, that kind of personality. Um, so, I mean, did he... Uh, do you guys does anybody think because like you said you, you've become friends now with some of the people that have associated because of this situation you've made friends which yeah. is kind of beautiful and but weird but you know <laughs> at the same time I guess I don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but you know does anybody can anybody really pinpoint time periods because I'm sure you guys have all talked about how he's been can anybody like look back and go like you know what i i know the day that he killed somebody because like this day he was acting like this and then the very next day he was acting like that or was he just not really close to anybody like that i think he purposely didn't make himself close yeah like even going back to the first day i met him i think he purposely didn't give me his number because he was planning on killing me wow well that's i mean that could be yeah it could be yeah. i mean it sounds like he he definitely you know tried to well i mean he didn't kill you so obviously he restrained but it sounds like he he was definitely trying to show a lot of restraint you know because you mentioned you guys got together and he sat across the room from you and wasn't very you know and then all of a sudden was randomly hands-on i mean i suppose that could just be you know the guy the guy's not mentally there uh, you know completely yeah. so maybe he's just got that disconnect and he doesn't understand but um you know or maybe he didn't want to i mean do you think that it's possible do you think that it's possible that he is um <clears throat> two people instead of one person trying to hide who he really is you know i i kind of play with the thought of that i could see that um but i almost think like like he wants to be somebody else, but it's almost some like almost like Dexter, but like the darkness takes over. Well, oh, yeah. I think um, it's more like a he hates being told no. So the more you struggle or the more you say no, 
is when he fucking snaps and it's like huh bet i'm gonna do what i want bitch like a child (laughs) that's exactly it it's a giant fucking man child so (laughs) but like anytime he would put me in a position where i had the opportunity to say no and i just kind of froze and didn't do anything it wasn't fun anymore so he just didn't continue hurting me because when he got like too into hurting me he would just stop because i wasn't struggling okay oh right and and that's what you're saying so i mean he definitely liked the fight um you know obviously you're you're coming on and you know i asked you before you came on if if you'd ever done anything like this um you know and and came out and talked about it now you know again uh, us and how we met um is, is because you've been so open about it um and you know, you mentioned you kind of don't know. I mean, it sounds like there's still some things that you haven't really sorted in your own head on on how you feel about them, um, you know, and that's okay. That's You can do that on your own timeline. Um, but, you know, today, right now, I mean, what, you know, does this, do you go back and forth between feeling terrible about it and then between feeling completely detached or do you, do you always feel detached from it? I mean, how, how are you, how have you been handling it since this has all happened? I'm okay. So I'm pretty detached from it, to be honest with you, but sure. the best way that I can describe how I kind of like felt about it was if you have seen the, um, oh, the Ted Bundy movie that Zac Efron played in. Okay. Um, I have seen that completely forgot the name is i'm so sorry okay but anyway um, okay. we do that a lot on this show <laughs> i'm like i'm so sorry i know my brother's friend is in it as an extra but anyway no um <laughs> the very end of the movie it is like it's because it's shot from like his girl his longtime girlfriend's point of view sure. the way that she responds to like finding all this out where she's like going between like she has all these good memories of him and then she's finding out in court all the terrible shit he did that's exactly how it was okay so like at first because i didn't put two and two together that all these weird things had happened in between right back at it uh, it was fucking awesome like we had a great fucking time drinking wine and shit if i overlooked the fact that you know he potentially raped me and right you know was like pretty much like beating the shit out of me <laughs> yeah but yeah um which sounds crazy, but I was just kind of like, oh, I guess, whatever. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> whatever. But, um, yeah, I never really realized that, um, like, I found out afterwards, you know, um, articles came out saying that he was drugging women and raping them and filming torture porn and selling it to somebody in California for five to ten thousand dollars a video and I was totally supposed to be one of those but I did not drink my drink because when I took a sip when I came back from the bathroom it fucking hurt my stomach yeah okay and and yeah I was gonna ask about about this because I mean there's definitely more than just you know he was killing people and you know people are really fascinated by by you know crimes on film and things like that um yeah. you know so you know now you know in hindsight I, I mean obviously then you didn't drink the drink and go oh he drugged my drink or I, I don't know maybe you did and you just overlooked it I don't think you did um I don't think you knew but you know in hindsight now you you genuinely believe that you were supposed to be a part of this these videos that he was making and that also you were supposed to be a victim yeah, I mean, like, I noticed that I was getting very, very, like, 
abnormally tired after I drank it. Like I, I made an attempt to drink it, but every right. time I took a sip, it hurt. Like I was drinking battery acid or something. It was like insane. So I just didn't. Well, like you said, it was already kind of a weird mix of just kind of everything anyway. Um, right. That's what I assumed it was. That's why I was just kind of like, oh, whatever. And well, and it might have been, and he might have done that to try to kind of mask how it was tasting. Um, to Possibly. Just, maybe it's like have you be like oh it just tastes like that because there's like five different liquors in there you know i don't know um you know that that definitely could be it so you know how did they so what they retrieved uh i mean how did they catch him what what piece of evidence you know pointed him pointed them to this um so this is so weird to me so i basically so i slept in the bed that he killed her in um i slept with the blanket that he wrapped her body in wow um that's really fucking weird for me um they his dumbass i guess he took a trophy and had a lock of her hair at his house um i don't i don't really remember how they kind of caught on to him but i know that he transported her body in his mom's trunk so they just took his mom's car um okay. as evidence and i don't know if she ever really got that back um i don't remember what led them to him but I know that he was using burner phones. He was texting her. He was stalking her. He was sending her videos of her through her window. Like he was recording her. Um, I know that when he kidnapped her, he like zip tied her hands. Either behind her back or in front of her. And, you know, killed her at home. Um, filming one of those videos. He ended up filming the murder. But supposedly he felt bad and deleted it. And they never found it. Yeah, I was wondering about because I had read that, but I didn't, you know. I, I mean, I guess if they've never found it, what can they do? I, I mean, even if they did, they wouldn't say to the public, like, hey, we found it, because that would upset the family. So, yeah. But um, all I know is that, um, yeah, you know, one of my friends, um, I she had been interviewed by police too, and I asked her about it. She was the one that, you know, dated him after me. She was with him for like six months and um i asked her if she talked to the police again and she said once she said they called me and they asked if i had ever made torture porn with him or a snuff film and i was like no why would i do that and they said are you sure and she's like yeah why would i do that and they said well was there ever a time when your dad intervened and she said she really sat and thought about it. She says the only thing she could think of was the only night that Micah stayed over. She woke up on a stretcher in the ER being rushed back and her dad was freaking out. Her dad found her unconscious in the bathroom completely naked. And the fact that they asked her those questions in like that series of, you know, that sequence, um, it kind of makes her wonder if they found him, like a video of him doing shit to her unconscious body wow and why would they keep that information from the victims i i think they were just trying to i mean they kind of have to do that with any um investigation really just to kind of not plant that in your head just mm -hmm. hey what do you remember so she didn't remember it luckily i hope she never does i love her to death yeah i really hope she doesn't ever remember it but Apparently, they found a lot of these videos with a lot of local girls, um, like a lot of them. And when I called the detective back to talk to him, 
he was kind of like condescending to me like oh yeah you're the one that was like kind of rapey but not really wow <laughs> yeah he was kind of an asshole because i already know the fbi already went through all my shit and we were like oh yeah she's annoying so <laughs> but like uh i don't know there was like a lot of girls but- he, that's what he told me too he was just like yeah i talked to a lot of girls about it oh. thanks dude so Thanks, how many exactly. so we talked about how many you know bodies we think he has how many of these women do you think were subjected to that that portion of it i mean a hundred um honestly i can't really put a number on it i mean sure. i mean in ohio or in cincinnati at least <laughs> I mean, probably at least in the 30s or more because i mean they confirmed that he um was the one that tried to kidnap a girl that was jogging and they found you know on his computer like forced rape while jogging and all this like google searches that were just insane but he uh uh what was it um lost my train of thought we were talking about these videos that he was making and selling and the amount and all the things that he was googling and I don't know if any of that helps <laughs> bring it back. Almost. It's like right there. Um, yeah. So he, he was a film student. That's what he told me too. Okay. He was. So that's the thing is he would go to California a, like a lot and just basically like couch surf on random people's couches because he would be out there making movies. And that is so fucking sad because he can pretty much go out there and lure any girl he wants to tell them that like, oh yeah, I'm going to put you in this movie and blah, blah. And that's how two of them went missing wow at least two that they were on to him for and i don't know i mean in my heart i honestly believe that he did kill caitlin markham just because the way he was acting when we were talking about it and they were found in very similar circumstances like right in the woods dumped you know all that jazz um i really do think he did it and i well and i feel like um you know that one's kind of more widely accepted as like that's that's his other unofficial you know victim um you know as as bad as it is to say that way just without evidence i mean they can't they can't pinpoint it on on people sometimes who i mean do they know who he was selling this content because that's just that's something that we've talked about before on the show and um i don't think i've ever talked about it publicly but i i have a friend who um you know died and was kind of subjected to something really <laughs> i mean really disgusting very similar to this um and so you know but we've talked about these um you know this the world of snuff films and you know things like that now granted I'm, I'm, i don't know how many people if he you know filmed any of his victims actually dying and sold them but you know he was at least we know that he was making these videos of unconscious women and selling them to somebody do they have they never came out and said to who they never came out and said to who which is also weird because the guy um you know a lot of people and i'm not a big conspiracy person but if he's out there hanging out in california filming all these movies and stuff yeah you know i don't know he might know some people especially people that are willing to pay that much money i mean i'm not gonna put i'm not gonna put that out there just uh maybe (laughs) just a possibility i agree i agree and um what kind of bothers me is that that little bitch fucking pled guilty and did not take it to trial like for you know the victim's sake and your families i am so glad you did not have to hear 
all the dirty details. But for my fucking sake, because I'm selfish right now, I need to know everything. Right. And I will never fucking know. I will never know. And all I know right now is that as of 2018 or 19, when he finally got sentenced in 17.5 years, I'm going to have to worry about mine and my two daughters' safety because he could possibly get out. Now, I don't think that they will ever let him out. I think they'll just keep telling him no. But if they do, he's a fucking stalker. He will find us. Oh, yeah. And I have two little pretty redheaded blue eyed girls that I have oh, to yeah. fucking look after by myself now. So that scares me more that than anything. Well, and that, you know, that's kind of what I was going to lead up to, you know, how do you feel about the future of this? I mean, so he, he's got what life with the possibility of parole. That's what his plea was. Yeah. Okay. 17.5 to life. Yep. Okay. Okay. So after, after the 17.5, then he's up for on the parole board, which I mean, we don't, you know they could <laughs> you know they could parole them they've let a couple of people that shouldn't have walked free walk free um you know in general so i mean it's that's a very real possibility i mean i know it's it's far out there um you know but do you do you find yourself thinking about that a lot um not a lot um i mean honestly maybe like once every few months it'll cross my mind because i'm kind of like okay well my youngest will probably be like what 16 by then right and he could very easily target her just because she's old enough but i mean if you look at you know caitlin markham and ellie and i mean there's a very specific picture of me i look exactly like them like we look like we could be sisters like i definitely he definitely has a type oh yeah and obviously my daughters would definitely fit that type because they look exactly like me oh yeah so it definitely freaks me out especially because like he wouldn't have even known who they were if it weren't for me like if he stalks me and finds me if they let him out you know there's a lot of what ifs that I shouldn't think about but well I mean at least not for you know at least another 15 years but you know but it is a very real possibility I mean the fact that he's got the chance to come out you know kind of keeps you in that mindset and how can you not think about it you know um i know that when it comes closer to that time i mean you at that point in time you will have an opportunity to speak and and... Uh, i'm so scared (laughs) i don't know if i'll be able to stand in front of him like they asked me like have to stand in front of him do you i don't think so no but i mean they even asked me like if this goes to trial will you you know testify against him and they knew for a fact that i was fucking terrified of that because what if i testify against him and they don't convict him yeah and then he knows you know what i mean and knowing what he's capable of like i'm sorry like it was rumored that he did like all this really awful sh- awful shit to ellie like that they couldn't identify her body because he cut her fingertips off and ripped her teeth out kind of type shit and that they id'd her by like bloody clothes on the scene and that's not somebody that you want to really fuck with so (laughs) i don't really want to you know testify against that guy i mean i had i have had nightmares like so much like that guess what he didn't get convicted and he comes after you and it's sometimes like i remember the dreams and i'm just like freaking out and screaming the entire time and when you wake up you're just in that panic mode all day long because you're you were in like you know survival mode the entire night you were supposedly sleeping and supposed to be sleeping sorry i'm drinking wine 
ignore me but <laughs> okay. i'm drinking a lot of you wine, do you anyway. you were, you were almost killed you can do whatever you want it's fine oh thanks babe no but <laughs> yeah so like i don't even know like i specifically remember there's this four this is so random like a four-tiered cake for a 50th anniversary that i was making and i had a nightmare about that the night before like it was straight up fucking night terror that i did not remember but the whole time I was working on this cake and making the swags and doing the flowers, every time I would place a flower, I would have a flashback of him in my face, like covered in blood because he was like strangling me and stabbing me and like slitting my throat and like all this crazy shit. Wow. So I like, it terrified that he's going to come back to finish the job, especially if I fucking testify against him. So yeah, if they do let him out for parole, I think I'd be terrified to talk about it or go up and, you know, be like, hey, don't fucking let this dude out, bro. I got like kids now. Have you like, thought about like, have you thought about, you know, moving out of your area that you're in? I mean, yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, you'd have to, I would have to basically stay here until um, both of my girls are out of school. Right. Um, the youngest one, Stormy, she'd probably be like high school by then. Right. And I wouldn't split her up from her friends, but I mean, it goes to the point where like every single time he would potentially get out i would have to deactivate and delete all social media just so he wouldn't be able to find me just in case like i'd be so paranoid right no i, I mean and i would understand i mean that's very that's a very scary situation you know people that that have been victims to other things um you know because i'm, I'm not gonna say that that you're a victim you know i, I think that that's mm -hmm. actually kind of rude um because yeah. you, because you survived you know <laughs> compared to yeah the possibilities you know you're you're a survivor um but people that have been through similar situations and that have been afraid for their life you know domestic abuse you know people like people that are in those situations um you know they've they've been fearful for their life and it's not really something that that you let go of you know i i'm a i'm a victim of uh well i'm sorry i'm a survivor of domestic abuse and uh you know i have not seen my abuser i mean we've been together in like 10 years and i to this day still think about it and i still worry and you know i and he never killed anybody but you know he could and i don't want to be that person that he does kill so um you know and and you do i mean do i think about it every single day no no not at all but sometimes something strange something little will happen and it will trigger those you know it'll kick off those memories and those feelings all over again um yeah. and it's just kind of something i mean they get fewer and far you know in between but is it something that i think will ever go away no as long as they're still alive no i don't um you know the the i mean and it might sound really shitty but the the luckiest that we could get is that you know if they die or that you know they kill themselves or <laughs> somebody else kills them you know what i mean i mean it sounds bad but like that's the only way that you could really know peace because then you know that you know you're not in danger of that person anymore um yeah. you know so that's kind of uh and you know as somebody like i said i can i can relate because i've been somebody that has had to think of a, a plan like what if this person does come after me and like i've had to sit here you know you don't think about it Every, i'm everybody i don't care who you are everybody at least once in their life has thought about killing another person everybody's thought about it you know everybody's been like eh, i don't know i don't think i could do that or you know maybe yeah maybe i could do that in the right circumstances you know in whatever capacity you've thought about it maybe not in a weird you know michael strauss type of way but you know just in general yeah. but when you have something like this that looms over you you have genuinely sat down 
and considered the very real possibility that this person might come after you and you have had to decide if they do i'm going to fucking kill them and so you know it's a it's it's weird to see that side of yourself and i'm sure even weirder to see that side of yourself when the person that is the center of your of well i'm not gonna say your torment but the center of this you know in general is a killer themselves and that's why they're so repulsive so you know i'm sure that the internal struggle sometimes is definitely hard but um i mean all things considered it seems like you've handled yourself really well um which is shocking i mean that's it's shocking but that's an amazing gift i don't think you realize you know how how i'm not gonna say how lucky you are because you're not it's very unfortunate you have to deal with it in the first place but i don't think you realize that you hold this gift to be able to kind of go forward and share this knowledge because you're not breaking yourself to do it um some people don't have that capability so you know was there anything at all looking back if you were looking at this from an outside perspective which you do because you disassociate from it um you know what what kind of insight can you share with people who might be in similar situations or things to look out for or because it sounds like to me i'll be honest with you i just think that this is like oh it's just some edgy edgelord dude like i would never suspect that this guy was killer yeah, I think the number one thing that I always thought of looking back on it was um, his name was Michael and he went by Micah on everything. Like he did not share his actual real name. Okay. And that should be a red flag. Like it's different if you have like a nickname or whatever, but he swore up and down like, no, my name is Micah. And he never talked about being Michael. He's like, yeah, my mom calls me that, but nobody calls me that. I don't know. It's just, he tried to create like a whole personality that was different from who he actually was um interesting okay and and that was the, well and and like you said not sharing did you ever have a phone number for him <laughs> no <laughs> no i did not <laughs> <laughs> so maybe don't like go meet up with strange men at eleven thirty at night to give them an ed game cake that bleeds yeah, don't, um, do, don't do what i did without at least I, having I, their phone number and knowing their first name <laughs> yeah watch <laughs> as much criminal minds as i have did you know (laughs) that his name i mean did he ever did you know that his name at least was michael or you didn't find that out until later um i think i think he mentioned it to me when he was talking about like his childhood and things like that because we talked like a lot like a lot and that's why you know i thought oh if i talk to detectives i can just tell him what he told me and nope (laughs) they weren't looking for that (laughs) so Fair enough. I mean, that's, that makes sense. Well, my goodness. Well, um, I mean, you make awesome cakes. I don't know if you knew that or not, but. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, the only thing I have to, this is really messed up, but the only thing I have to really thank him for is that like, you know, I reached into the creepy side, like the real creepy side. I never would have made a cake like that if it weren't for him. And that cake fucking went viral. Like the video oh, yeah. of me spinning that cake fucking went viral. And honestly, I didn't even remember that's how I met you. I just knew that I had you one day and I was just like, oh, I love her. But I, <laughs> yeah, had no idea that's how I met you. That's it's, it's literally what happened. My, like, like I said, my cake lady had just, listen, uh, she had just retired. My daughter had just had her birthday and I went to somebody else and they made the fuggliest fucking unicorn cake that you could ever imagine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <I was> devastated. <laughs> 
so I will make you anything for life, girl. So <laughs> I know, and I still haven't bought a cake for you yet. I'm so disappointed in myself. I'm like, what am I doing with my life when there's this girl who knows how to make these great cakes? Like, why, why, why am I wasting my time anywhere else? <laughs> so I need to get my shit together. Um, but yeah, no, like I remember, and I was like, I was like, man, am I being insensitive right now? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I mean, if I would have known somebody that, it, like, you know, dated a serial killer, I'd have been like, dude, you got to fucking tell me all that shit. I'm so obsessed with this. So I feel like it's my duty to tell everybody, like, hey, bitch, this is what happened to me. But it's not like I think it's cool at all. Um, I, you know, there's still stuff that really bothers me. What sure. bothered me the most for a really long time was why me? What did I do different that they did not? And the only answer I come up with is that I didn't say no. I I think that he maybe had some kind of fucking complex. He fucking hates women. Like, he hates women. Like, he just wants women dead in the worst way possible, which is actually really creepy to me. So, yeah. real quick, like, the night that I went over there, um, I told him that I felt really weird about his basement, and he asked why, and I said, this is going to sound really weird because I'm open to this kind of stuff, but it feels like there's an old man, and I said, it feels like, <laughs> okay, this kind of is upsetting, but I feel so dumb. <sighs> okay, okay so right. I straight up told him, because I thought his basement was haunted. I did not know I was picking up on him, who yeah. he was as a person. But I straight up looked at him in the eye and I said, it feels like there is a man in this basement that fucking hates women and wants me dead in the worst way possible. And you should have seen the fucking look on his face. He was just like, oh. And he just kind of looked at me like shocked. He was like, what? I was like, he fucking hates women and he wants to murder me and he wants me dead in the worst way possible because he just fucking hates women. And he just gave me this look like, oh my God, why does she know that? Did he like change the subject? Was it like, oh no, that's not, oh no, you know, why did he? I mean, he, like, he tried to laugh it off and then was okay. just like, what do you mean? And then I told him, like, oh, it just feels like your basement's haunted. I did not even for a second think it was him because it was coming from like the left of me next to that bed where he fucking raped and recorded all those videos that mm -hmm. I fucking slept on. It was like the, the bad energy was like coming from where that bed was. So it's I figured it was somebody standing by that bed, but it was. <laughs> him <laughs> yeah it was really weird no that's very very eerie oh my goodness yeah. well so so trust your gut also is what you're saying i mean trust oh, your intuition trust you know your gut and if you start to notice that somebody is enjoying it more when they're hurting you more or you know you can't breathe you know just fucking your you know fight or flight mode just kicks in just trust your gut do what you think is gonna work because there's no way in hell i mean i'm what five five and a half and i mean he's only five nine but yeah he looks like a bitch he's like very muscular he was a little bitch but he was like very muscular <laughs> like <laughs> if he would have been like on top of me holding me down there's no way in hell i would have been able to fight him off because i have like fibromyalgia and like if you touch my arm it'll bruise sure. so i'm just kind of like so wimpy and I just knew like well, oh, I mean they're they're not they're they become kind of superhuman in that I mean their their goal is to kill you you know yeah. what I mean like and, and that's not something that you or I can really relate to because we're not out there trying to kill people so I mean you know when you're using everything in you to try to kill someone I'm sure you become pretty freaking strong during that time so you know yeah, I like his his eyes were going black because he was enjoying it 
well and and then like you said like you know with him with him choking you out the way he was and you just kind of gave up i mean you know i, I just I, I have to wonder how many people have been in that situation and they they did kind of just give up and that's why they ended up dying i mean was because they stopped fighting it i don't know i mean you know sad i mean you know it's it i you know it happens (laughs) i mean that's it's sad but you know you you think i mean in that situation you start fighting it at first they're not letting go they're not letting go and you're like well i'll just stop and then they'll just stop um now you got lucky and he stopped you know but i got very lucky you know they don't always at that point they're like oh okay i got the green light then i'm just going to continue because she's not going to fight me anyway um you know it just depends it depends on the situation that you're in this is why safe words are always important if you find somebody that's not willing to make safe words don't sleep with them yeah (laughs) psa (laughs) no fucking without safe words okay people um but no for real (laughs) in all seriousness um you know obviously there there were some red flags um but you know i think number one was definitely i mean you were very intuitive to it um you did a lot of things you made a lot of smart moves that that were um the right way not drinking the drink and you know just kind of um no one when that limit had been pushed you know and then you guys well, I guess not really, because, I mean, he stopped talking to you initially. I, I suppose you probably would have still kept talking to him. I mean, I don't, you know. Possibly. Um, unfortunately, I would have been like the dumb bitch that's like sleeping with a serial killer in the movie. And you're like, no, bitch, run. What are you I doing? Know. You're so stupid. Yeah, that's I'm a totally dumb bitch, too. It's fine. It's whatever. I mean. Well, the I mean, sad thing is, is that, like, I would have totally been that girl because, the last person I was with, I was with for like 10 years. It was always, you know, my daughter's dad and I was engaged to him and I just wanted somebody to like me. How fucking sad is that? Like, Mm -hmm. that's why I ended up talking to him because I was like, oh, I just wanted him to like me. So I let him do whatever. Yeah. And that's one, you know what? Unfortunately, that's how, well, that's why people stay in in these fucked up relationships is because we just, you know, at the end of the day, we all just want to be loved. That's it. Like that's, it's very simple. And you know so it makes us very um malleable it makes us very very much susceptible to manipulation and things like that and you know it makes us overlook these red i'm sure people you know not just um not not just yourself not just myself all of us we've all overlooked some red flags about somebody because we're like oh i really like them um don't don't do that to yourself don't do that to yourself um you know your gut knows you know know when something's wrong listen to that and you know take it for what it is and go you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be that dumb bitch or you know be like me and continue to be that dumb bitch and get your feelings hurt whatever (laughs) (laughs) i love you (laughs) oh that's all i wanted (laughs) oh my god (laughs) no way welcome to our uh, weird wednesday show um oh. that's, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway um anything else you want to add before before I, I i cut you off and and i think i think you should like come back and talk about these other things that that you were talking about that's super interesting about uh yeah. you know your, your daughter having these intuitive experiences as well and 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 things like that i mean if that's something that you would want to do yeah y'all won't even believe that shit like that was insane it was like a two-week period where she was talking to dead people and oh no they'll believe it here um they'll they'll eat it up like (laughs) it's uh like it's xanax um (laughs) they love it oh my god (laughs) 
<laughs> so I mean, no, that'd be great. Um, but in the meantime, I'll uh, I'll link your your cakes. Everybody, go check out Sam and her cakes. They're they're amazing. Um, you know, and then of course, I'm, you know, I'm gonna share. I'm gonna I'm gonna go steal your content and share this uh, video of cutting this cake because it's fucking. I had just seen that like, and that's when I had I'd reached out to you and I asked you to come on the show. I would just seen the video of this guy cutting the cake and it was just fucking surreal, weird, and it's very weird you know it's just like i mean it's it's like you're it's it's like not even real and maybe that's just because i'm too close to the situation um but you know when you know like you watch it and you're like oh just you know some guy that's a really cool cake and they're really enjoying their cake and then you're like oh this guy's actually like fucking done this to people <laughs> yeah, i i did think for a moment like he got really like way too excited that the cake was supposed to bleed but i got worried that it was going to bleed out so i kind of froze it too much or shocked it in the freezer before i drove it but yeah. so it didn't bleed too much but yeah like even like knowing like what he did to ellie like i think like making red velvet cake at work triggers me um oh, yeah. mainly when i accidentally spill the red coloring i've done that a few times all over the table and i just start having a panic attack so i'm like oh my god there's so much blood like there had to have been so much blood oh right and people huh people really overlook stuff like that and uh yeah. they, don't, they don't think about those little details and you know i think it, i mean i could definitely see how that's triggering that's wow he i was, bet he was, he was like texting her and telling her that he was going to cut her head off and fuck her throat do they think he he did that to her honestly i don't think that she had her head removed but I do know that they found Caitlin's skull in a bag removed from the body. Wow. So maybe he's done something like that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, there you go, folks. You know, that's people. These people are nuts. Just saying. Uh, you know, stay away from uh, weirdos named, uh, you know, that. that Michael's named... the red flag. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Michael's. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I hope he hears this somehow in prison. I don't know. I just no. Know. He'll come find me. Uh, he, you know what? He's gonna have to get through me, and I don't even give a fuck. Let me tell you this right now. <laughs> like I've, I told you this. I've already decided I'm going to kill somebody, and it's gonna be him. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I will, no, but I, I like that was one of my nightmares. Is that it was kind of like the show, The Following, where like he had ties to people outside of prison. So anytime um like he wanted somebody taken care of which was of course me in the dream um it would be like the water delivery guy from work or the mailman somebody that you wouldn't suspect that was supposed to like kill me for him it was so scary and i'm like fuck that's gonna end up happening i mean it's not funny that's horrifying but like it's kind of funny but at the same time yes yes it <laughs> it's horrifying <laughs> you know that's not great um i'm sorry but also he ain't smart enough to do that let's just face it i'm gonna tell you right now i i'm telling you he looks like a bitch he's a bitch in prison i'm telling you he's, he's... halves of a whole bitch that's what he is he, he, right i mean he <laughs> yes <laughs> he's he is getting he is getting he's he's getting rode harder than the fucking kentucky derby horses i promise you Damn. <laughs> I promise you. I know prison life. Kentucky Derby horses. <laughs> They're harder than the Kentucky Derby horses. Yes. He's he's definitely getting his. So I don't we'll see. Um anyway. All right. Yeah. Well I'll stop threatening people now on my <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> no wonder why I don't get sponsorships. There's throat fucking and, and threatening people and <laughs> I'm sorry, that's my fault. 
<laughs> no, I promise it's, it's probably not the first time we've talked about all of these things in the same show. So. <laughs> Yeah, very interesting times but anyway thanks so much for coming on and and sharing you know your situation and um like i said i'll, I'll link everybody you know how to find you and, and where to find you and you know we'll we'll have you back on again yeah that's what i'm here for thank you <laughs> no problem well we'll see you guys back here next wednesday